Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back, everybody, to Driftmark. Driftmark. Hot <laughs> D, episode seven. Holy, holy crap. I have not. That was different. Yelled. Diffy. Yeah. I <laughs> That whole episode, I was lit. Man. Yelling, screaming, yep. gasping. Yep. <laughs> I think we both said multiple times, wait, this is happening right now? <sighs> I loved it. I loved the episode. I all, absolutely all loved it. All set on Dripmark. Not quite a bottle episode, but since it's an island, technically, Man, I sort of loved like a bottle it. episode. Yeah, it was, what, 24 hours, maybe? Mm, something like that, yeah. Nuts. Absolutely yeah. nuts. The amount of things that happened in that episode, complete mayhem. On the backdrop of a beautiful oceanfront property with <laughs> <laughs> a funeral as the main event. Everyone was back. Everyone was together. The dragons were there. The whole fam was there. And chaos ensued. So... <laughs> Where do we even start? What do you think? <laughs> The first opening scene, however long that was, when everybody was basically just looking around at each the other. In the little reception after yeah, the funeral, Yeah, the little too. deck. Yeah. Those... Seaside balcony. There was so much depth in the looks that everybody was giving each other. And I don't know how long that scene lasted. Ten minutes, maybe? Of just everybody looking around. And I thought it was un- like an unbelievable setting the stage mm-hmm. for the amount of things that were about mm-hmm. to happen throughout the episode. We don't normally talk during the episode, but we talked during that episode. I couldn't help during it. During that part of the episode. <laughs> we're just like, it. so what do you think? I, I think I asked you, so what do you think about this? Uh-huh. Man. Way to take the book lore and to really squeeze it out for us. You know what I mean? Like a, di- a wet dish rag, but in ambrosia. I know. Well, you tweeted better than The sink is full of ambrosia. Book. You tweeted better than the book. Well, I was talking specifically about the Amon. Sure. Oh yeah, yeah. Of course. When they got the when they got the daughters involved, I really liked that. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. And the fact that he struck one of the girls it was like, all right, maybe we'll cut one of his eyes out. Right. Right. Something like that. <sighs> I can see the actor. I don't know the actor's name, but I know who looks like him. And I don't think he's a British guy. So this is really a bad point to bring up this early in the podcast. So I wonder how they'll recast him. But if that's the guy, okay, he's a bad guy in a lot of stuff. Mm. I don't want to give any. Any vibes to anyone, though, okay. how they should feel about Amon? Because right now, a lot of people probably are pretty pro-Amon. Oh, my gosh. I mean, how yeah. could you not be? When no he, kidding. I think we're far off from our owns. But so there was the whole time I was like, how am I going to be able to pick between these scenes? Which one ruled the most? Because Amon and the way that he just walks up to Vagar and handles the whole situation, he looked like such a little boy next to this huge ancient dragon not and quite he the just, pink dread not far <laughs> removed from the pink dread he just handles it and i agree having the <clears throat> sisters there was a nice touch mm-hmm. they were all by themselves in that little corridor the rock i mean the whole thing yeah. it was just executed flawlessly mm-hmm. <laughs> i loved having viserys involved oh i loved gosh. having Rhaenyra and allison involved and mm-hmm. that being the scene and not being in some courtroom mm-hmm. in king's landing when we saw the trailers like a year ago right or like nine months ago whenever the, now they see you as they are was mm-hmm. revealed this was a. Uh, I didn't expect it to go down like that. Not even in the what, a, what an episode that was put in one location with, I mean, a lot happened, but it was all interpersonal. And, I mean, it's the first season, but it's an accelerated TV show. It's not the same show as GOT. But still, this was sort of classic, but with even more. When I say classic, I mean like early GOT yeah. interpersonal drama, but turned Times up to million. 11. I mean, we yeah. saw something similar with Joffrey and 
Arya and Micah the Butcher Boy. Mm-hmm. Very similar, not quite. Imagine if Joffrey got one of his eyes sliced out. Right. How different that would have been with right. Cersei and Robert and Ned and everybody. But no, this was uh, turned up to 19. Well, especially because every narrative and every scene in House of the Dragon, as you've been saying, is all centered around the same idea. So it's not like we're jumping between Joffrey and whatever else is going on at the time. Mm-hmm. It's all just so... Yeah, that's true. And so the momentum builds mm-hmm. and builds and builds and builds until we get to Viserys up in Aemon's face as your king and as your dad. As your dad. <laughs> and well, which some, one's some worse? Grandfather to some of right. you. Yeah. Tell me who did this. He looks at Alicent. I mean, Alicent lost Dude. it. You were loving it. <laughs> you were like, what? when she was looking around in the first scene, you were like... I don't know. You said something, but you were like, what is this? In the opening scene? <laughs> yeah, in the opening basically scene. Basically, uh, Lena's funeral. Yeah. Well, it was just because uh, it was so real. Mm-hmm. And the, we're used to the show being so epic. Even the earlier episodes of this season where we said that it was it was doing what we just said, where it was being so much more real. We're live streaming right now on Instagram. And so Hannah's looking at the phone. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to look at it too. Okay. Um, mild distraction, not too much of a distraction. But we uh, we didn't get it like this, right? It was it was the interpersonal drama without large scale Game of Thrones typical, even Lord of the Rings typical fantasy that we're all trying to warm ourselves around. Probably these networks like Amazon and HBO are trying to warm themselves around, but this is an episode seven that uh, didn't really do any of that, and yet I I think I don't know how anyone. I feel like my mom's going to text me about this mm-hmm. and be like, what about all what that, that stuff uh-huh. that happened? Right. And we have really, I, I haven't had the same reaction from a lot of people so far this season in my personal life. They've had stuff to say, but I think that more people are going to have stuff to say after well, this. Well, we already saw it. I mean, we got a text from one of our friends who texted our group thread. It was like, did you see that episode? We haven't mm. had that yet, I, I haven't looked say. at my phone. Oh, well, <laughs> you will see on your phone. Okay, cool. <laughs> Um, well, good. Did you see the Maybe episode? my mom's already texting me about this. Then. Maybe I think there's something so real that that George is able to harness into his stories that maybe it was less obvious in GOT because, like you said, there was we bounced away from Joffrey. We bounced. It, it, it didn't seem like the full gamut of human emotion. Mm-hmm. We kind of went with the momentum of the series at that point, and we didn't care about it too much. Sure, even though. If you were to talk about a conversation like this, if they just gave us a scene to react to, we could probably talk for an hour about mm-hmm. it. But there's so much else going on. But between human beings, and human beings, as far as I know, are the only people watching this TV show, this is the stuff we really care about. This, yes. Truly. And with what we've been talking about over the past five, six weeks, about Hot D specifically, and with Fire and Blood too, the focus of the generational conflict and these actual human beings and... The fact that it's a royal family that potentially has magic involved with it, that's all decoration on the outside of it. What really connects us to this at all is that it's people versus people. Mm-hmm. And this was all people. And something that I really loved, I know you said that I tweeted something about it being better than the books as far as that specific scene was concerned. But as far as a TV show, this was like Mad Men meets GOT. It was so aware of what you'll really care about without caring about bombastic fantasy elements to pull you into it. This was people versus people, and I think the focus of the kids made it 
so much better than what I read. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because the kids and the especially how they cast the different family kids, the Rainier's kids versus Allison's kids, mm-hmm. their vibes are so drastically different, not just because they have different parentage, but just we've got the boldness of Allison's kids and I guess the chip on their shoulder. And then we've got Rainier's kids who seem to be so much more meek and they're younger, but I don't know. They've got a little more docile vibe. I would say, it's and they're a little they're more a little mousy. They're, yeah, but not. Is that it because much. they don't have the epic hairstyle? I think so, <laughs> but I think that that's part of part of it. And so then, then you get um, Damon and Lena's kids added into the mix, and they're so unpolished, and they're so little, and they're so unprofessional. They're not used I mean, to court at all. They yeah, haven't they been there at all. They, yeah, and they're been friends with their, with their family. They're friends, and so the waking up each other's in their beds. You hear Vagar has been yeah, stolen. That was probably because uh, Jace decided to. Like Renera said, go give a little bit of comfort to so their cousins. So sweet, yeah, such a that, sweet. That was scene. a nice touch as far as the blocking as the episode was concerned, mm-hmm. just to sort of connect them for an unofficial reason. Completely, we didn't see Aegon do it. We didn't see Amon do that, but they did. Luke and Jace did. So we said we saw Aegon getting kicked by his grandpa while he was sitting in the stairwell. Oh yeah, but, but I just I thought I, it was Lanor at first. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I'm all this to say I'd agree with you. The kids and their unpolished sloppiness and their schoolyard drama that is playing out um, for reasons that even they don't fully understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, Viserys is grilling them about who, where did they hear these rumors from? And Aemon is almost caught off guard because he's kind of like, isn't this common knowledge? Aegon, doesn't Aegon say that? He's like, everybody knows this yeah, already. He does. Why are Everyone we pretending it, like is this is something that's not true, you know? So, um, I just felt like this episode did an excellent job of showcasing the kids fully bought in, but not really understanding why. Mm-hmm. Because to them, it's an obvious. Have issue. you ever been a part of a drama like that as a kid with adults between adults? Oh no, that not kind between of, adults. That kind of thing no. could be really shocking yeah. and really weird. It was very accurate to that situation yeah, where even if you're at the scale of potential royalty, just the fact that they're adults and that there's, especially if it's family, that that fear of um, things you can't say falls away whenever Completely. there's conflict like that. Completely. Even if even if one of the guys there is the king. It wouldn't matter if Viserys was really strong and powerful. Mm-mm. It would have been exactly the same that's, thing. Because that's their dad and that's their grandpa. Exactly. And it has nothing to do with anybody. And so they might just say something mm-hmm. like everyone can see it because exactly. right now the, the, the volume has been turned up And to only the, the guys are high. in the room. Oh, everybody's actually in the room for once. We're and it's family. Only, yeah, I mean. Says. It zooms out on that cave with the fire glittering off the walls and they are family. It's not a the bad Valerians argument. And the Targaryens at that time, they, they are. What did you think about um, Corliss going to talk to Jace, right? Jace is the older one. I always forget. Um, he's like, oh, no, no, not Jace, Luke, Lucaris. Mm-hmm. He was like, you're going to be Lord of Driftmark, Lord of the what Tides. What if I don't want to be? He's like, that means everybody's <laughs> going to be dead. One day someone far down the line in your family will say the same exact thing. I don't want it. Right, 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 <laughs> right. He's like, that means everybody will be dead. I was surprised that, was that Corliss yeah. was so pro playing the party line with Lenor and Rhaenyra. He was like, yeah, I don't care who inherits the this as long as they have my name it doesn't matter but he's corliss of the nine voyages right it makes sense actually 
does it? That, yeah, he's seen the whole world. He's seen the whole world. He single-handedly brought the wealth of House Valerian to the point that they're at. He married Rainey's because he passed over other people that he didn't like. He's he's pragmatic as the rest of them. Right. He he is even in that position of power as he is. But I think we saw both of them really fall apart when they thought that Lenor had been toasted. Lenor faking his own death with Carl. What we can say it now. What a freaking change from the book so so to everyone listening that hasn't read fire and blood this isn't that big of a spoiler because you just watched uh more than we've seen yeah Yeah. more more than what we've read from the book so in the book carl uh his friend at that time post joffrey friend um carl you know that guy we've seen him he sort of like in a town square like in a i think it was in planky not planky town that's dorn the uh I forget the it's it's it has a very planky town name. It's uh the little town outside of Driftmark that's uh the center of trade. They had a uh, public spat and mushroom and Eustace and basically everyone says that Damon probably right. was a part of that. That right. that Carl, just like they set up in the TV show here, was not necessarily up jumped, but had tastes beyond his station and someone was like, Hey, are you not getting everything you want right now all at once? I can give you a cheat code to get there all at once. And Lano was dead. And then six months later, the marriage happened. That mm-hmm. happened in this episode. And Viserys was pretty pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Corliss was or if even Rainey's was. Most, I'm sure they were based on the people that we're seeing depicted in the TV show here. But at least in the books... There wasn't much focus on that. But if we can draw from how Corliss was in this TV show about that situation you're talking about, he probably wouldn't, would have been just as pragmatic uh, as the situation called for like he was with Luke and Gisera, So It doesn't change much for him. We thought he was dead, though. Right, but it we doesn't. He was dead. Well, I guess it does change. So does that mean that those kids will still inherit Driftmark, even though both of his kids are gone? That was nuts, though, that he is alive. That Lenor is alive. Yeah, I like that. I thought a that that lot. was. I love it. I, a lot because he, especially after coming to Rainera, yeah, he's, I'm ready to dedicate myself as a husband. And then the moment he had an opportunity, and they had well, a chance to escape. Uh, I mean, <laughs> well, I know. I mean, it was probably whenever he tried. I guess he created an opportunity, yeah. but she didn't let him have it. Well, I mean, when he was about to die, or he thought he was about to die, mm. you know, or wh- however that played out between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know. I just thought it was really powerful. That what a cool way to do it. What a cool way to do it because in that sequence of uh, switching between the conversation with Damon and Rhaenyra on the cliffside, watching the the ships depart, oh and Vagar flying into the gosh. sea with them and following them finally, I thought we were about to see the blossoming of what they were setting up, which yeah. is that if they knew what we're capable of, then maybe they'll fear us, at least be intimidated and secure to some degree, maybe act a little bit less against us. And I thought, okay, Rhaenyra and Damon are about to blossom into becoming even more bad guys than we thought before even with the recent redemptions of Damon that were even lingering in this episode but they're not mm-hmm. all bad mm-hmm. because rather than it being really brute forced and sort of blunt edged they apparently created either they did it with Carl or Carl did it on his own right. but somehow Hard to say. Lenor and his friend made their way out of the situation completely, potentially unscathed. With money and gold. With money. Money and gold, the same kind of thing, same thing. But I just, I love, I mean, I'm a sucker for a good voiceover scene. And so that conversation over that fight, I was losing my mind. I feel like I have nothing 
<laughs> it was good. I have nothing smart to say about anything in this episode yeah, because every reaction I had was, this is unbelievable. It was just good. It thank, was just thankfully. great. Yeah, it was really, it was really like I said, int- interpersonally, not really fireworky, but at the same time, just gripping. It's, Absolutely gripping. All the, all the little looks and stuff at that first reception really, I think they were so, it's just... I think that that transition of time is gone by now. Completely. Yeah. Completely. Especially, yeah. and you saw with Rhaenyra and Damon's conversation, you see glimpses of that young Rhaenyra mm-hmm. when she was interacting with Damon and kind of jabbing at him a little bit. I feel like some of that playfulness that she had a little bit when she was younger, or that, that, that quick wit that... Um, you mean the the power dynamic between a niece and an uncle? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but you know what I mean. The, That's never going to go away because he's literally her uncle. I know. It's so a different funny. time, though. Yeah, you know, I guess that you're was right. the whole thing. So you're pro Rhaenyra and Damon TV show? Of course. <laughs> Did you see that wedding? Yeah, so tell everyone what you thought about <laughs> no, that wedding scene. You yeah, tell you should. everybody what you thought about that wedding scene. Uh, what I thought about it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I thought it was cute. Oh, okay. I thought it was cute. I thought uh, it was a little quick. Uh-huh. Six months would have been a little quick, but this seemed like maybe six hours. Right. And that's pretty quick, too. I'm curious as to how show Rainies and Corliss will react to it. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm really interested in. The uh, uh, Damon's daughter just didn't... They looked a little... They were there at well, the wedding, right. but they looked pretty sus about the well, whole. Can you blame them? They just lost their mom. I know. They're so young. I know. They just lost their mom. Yeah, I mean, but at least they didn't lose her in a Lenore fashion, where it seemed like some kind of uh, misdeed right. happened. Right. She got to she, go out. She went out on her a own. A dragon rider's death. Exactly. Still, but in childbirth. You're stealing my mother's dragon. Way to turn it up even more than it was. Well, she in the was book. like, I'm supposed to claim. That was my yes, dragon. That's to what claim. I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was so even he's better. Like, well, you should have claimed it. Yeah, even better. It's been maybe five hours. <laughs> what they've made us feel like that I don't think that was super obvious to everyone, but everyone watching the show now, I think will totally understand, is that these kids are the new focus. Mm-hmm. And that the, the beginning of the season, those kids were the focus. Right. And now these kids are the focus. And that's exactly what we need. And man, they've done such a good job knowing what the future of the story has to hold without giving any spoilers specifically about any characters. They've done such a good job of making it feel way more weighty than I thought they ever would. The, the new conflicts mm-hmm. that are that are coming. With the cuts that happened, the reactions right after Amon uh, was sailing or, and landing with Vagar, um, who was shown and how they reacted to it. It was a... a, a, a confident setup that I think um, we're... I mean, like I said in the last episode that we did um, a handful of days ago, uh, part two of the last episode, I think that the uh, Baratheon uh, Storm's End stuff right. will be part of what really sets off season two mm-hmm. pretty early. Yeah. And they're going to be even aged up for that. Right. Well, that's even I was, more. I was going to say is, I mean, we've still got time for them to grow. And we've only been with them for two episodes, right? This is episode the second episode we've had the kids on. Am I wrong about trying that? Trying to remember. I don't think so. I think you're right. But yeah. it just feels like they've been part of the conflict the whole time. Or they've yeah. been part of the narrative the whole time. Yeah. And I don't think that that's just because you have the book reader's perspective. I think that they've just so seamlessly yeah. sunk into this conflict. It's the way they did this episode, too, that really mm-hmm. made it feel real. We had the normal training in the yard stuff that we've gotten in GOT before in the last episode. And Harwin and Christine were the focus of that, really, with the... Lionel and Viserys on the sideline, and so it it tied the whole thing together. But this one was the 
the sort of victory lap for those kids becoming integrated completely into the story. Exactly. So yeah. uh, without asking about what your own is, what is, what, do you, what was your favorite sequence of this episode? And I don't know, what would be your main takeaway from this? I know we just saw it and we only retweeted scene. like 12 <laughs> owns right now. We're going to get back to it as soon as possible. I'm really pleased and feel really, really good about the Amond, um questioning scene uh with everybody in the hall yeah when we saw in the trailer allison pull a knife on rainera i wasn't sure how it was gonna go i really was a little worried about because like we got okay the knife we get now they see you as yeah it's it as that knife too that specific knife before we really knew anything about anything um that's what we i was worried about that scene a little bit what were you worried about? That was going to be cliche and cheesy mm. and that they were going to like throwing around this prop that we were already familiar with and that we were supposed to think it was cool because of that moment. Come to find out we've got, what did you, did you notice how Rhaenyra was like looking between the fire and the, um, the knife and back and forth as she was talking about, I can't remember exactly what she says. She was talking about fire being influential to House Targaryen, or that was after, but you're talking when about the knife was pulled during on the her. sequence. Yeah. yeah, when the knife was pulled on her. She had a little her. focus on it, and there was fire burning in the background, and you could see a little bit of the uh, the pattern, like the uh, folded steel mm-hmm. in the blade itself. So I was wondering if the inscription was going to come out hmm. in the middle of that. It'd be like cool the, if it came out just if someone that was willing it was extra fiery. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah, <laughs> extra <would> mad. <laughs> I thought it was incredibly well executed. I thought it was much better than I thought it was going to be in the trailer. I thought that Allison was unbelievable in that scene. Like well acted. Well acted. Yeah. Her asking Kristen to yeah. take. <laughs> You're the queen's protector. Uh-huh. He goes, okay, I stand with the queen. Exactly. <laughs> Holy crap. Take his eye or take Harold something. Westerling's you don't get to choose. Like, all right. Maybe I'll stand with the king then right now. Maybe we'll literally all. That's why I asked you about if you've ever been a part of a family conflict like that or, or an adult conflict when you were a kid because that's uh, not that the kids being involved make it worse, but also it kind of does. I mean, worse because of the optics of what impression you're throwing on the kids, but also if if it's if th- there's this weird thing where if everyone's kind of safe with each other, then stuff can go down pretty sure, hard. Yeah. If there were other competitors to their safety, like if the triarchy was just outside the gates, they'd all band together. But because no one's there, then Kristen Cole might fight someone uh-huh. that he shouldn't fight, and then another member of the King's Guard might fight their now Lord Commander of the King's Guard, Kristen Cole, and so stuff just blows up in a really awkward way specifically and especially awkward if kids are there to see how fake everything is well, and that's basically what it was exactly and so that really just doubles down on the focus of these kids being the new focus of the show really because they've seen just how fake everything really is even though it didn't get too crazy like the knights didn't start fighting but i would argue that it got crazier than if knights started fighting because Completely. the queen attacked the princess and, and she bled sliced her sliced her forearm open Can- and she bled a lot yeah I loved how Jeez. after that, Allison's- I'll take one of her. I'll take one of their eyes. Uh huh. All right, let's make it even. She says, and it wasn't even lit. She wasn't even breathing hard. No, it, was, it just seemed a little evil. Mm-hmm. She steps back. She's Oof. panting the whole thing, and then Eamon's like, "Mom, 
it's f- literally fine because I, now I have a dragon. Oh, that was so much better than a little aside. Uh huh. He's kind of like trying FAB, to pull it down. It, it was like Amon was known to say it was worth it. Uh huh. I traded an eye for a dragon. I but think we that's a clean trade. And he said it in front of everyone. A little bit of a mic drop there in the cave. Then we get that conversation with Allison and Otto where he says, I didn't think you had it in you. I didn't think you could do that. And now I'm more confident than ever that you can take it all the way because you had your little outburst. She was ready to roll over and just be done with the whole thing. She was like, that was so unbecoming of me. I can't believe I lost my mind like that. But Mm. her dad comes in and goes, hmm, I loved it. Keep that energy going. Otto is back, baby. In the corner. There were so many great moments. (laughs) Once again, another moment I really liked about that scene all the drama's happening in the middle. You got Otto and Damon as well standing off to the back a little. Both of them just making little smirks mm-hmm. or eyes or laughing. I thought that that was such a great touch. The OG look from Damon to Viserys, the first one, where it was like, okay, this is all what it was before. We're the same people we were before. Yep. And yeah, it's a really sad thing. We're at a funeral right now, but hey, it's all of us. The band's back together again. All of our dragons are here. All of our dragons are here. We haven't been together in a long time. Yeah, in the, in the book, this this funeral is the dragon Woodstock, basically. Yeah. I didn't get quite that impression from the TV show itself, but they did everything else to level 12. We had so that I'm one cool shot it. at the beginning when we open up on Driftmark. You have them kind of circling it. With all the dragons. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm. I've actually been a little bit surprised that the dragons have taken kind of a backseat in the narrative oh man but my impression was that they were so much that this was the this was the turnover for that Mm -hmm. i don't know i felt like they were so much more present they Mm -hmm. made so much more of a an impact on the actual story themselves so much of the shots of vagar made me me really feel like they were this little animal that we were taming you know obviously the hugest animal at the time the biggest creature that we know about alive mm-hmm. in the world right now so little may not be the thing but there's just something about little arms with the 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 uh wings around it oh, like a, yeah. like a bat you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. that membrane where uh-huh. it's just like okay you're pretty sweet right. <laughs> you're pretty cute and you're vulnerable and they're dog like mm-hmm. they're little pets mm-hmm. and they do things that you like and uh, if you say the right stuff to them and are the right way to them, they'll follow you. Amon was in the ship. He didn't say, come fly with me, Vagar. But Vagar was like, all right, that's my I guy. I know what I'm supposed I'm to do. Uh-huh. I just really like that. Me too. I like that marriage of animals and people. It just it, What they're doing is this swirling organic truth that I know that Rings of Power right now is up against Hot D as far as a lot of the people that are talking on the internet because they want to have like uh, Team A versus Team B, who's going to win the Super Bowl sort of vibe. And uh, I love Rings of Power, and I love Hot D, but one thing Rings of Power doesn't do is have this swirling vortex of uh, human truth between people. It's very, this, then, th- love, so thou. Uh-huh. Um, epic tale. But this is uh, so zoomed in. And I think maybe on paper a lot of people would like something that feels more like a TV show or a movie that was separate from real life. But explain to me why we got so much, so much satisfaction from a funeral i know where characters we've only known for six or seven episodes are looking at each other and they're playing because they're all playing dirty (laughs) it's just they're in the mud playing dirty and it's so satisfying i just we haven't even talked about rainer and damon's little beach scene at the funeral either there's so many things that happened at this funeral (laughs) i have a list of the scenes um is this is this your favorite episode of the series so far? I mean, it... This is right behind Dreyar for me. <laughs> yeah, right? It might be my favorite 
I think it might be too. Episode? I think it, I think it might be my favorite too. Which one did I really love? Episode two. I can't um, remember what happened. I can't remember. The thing that you love. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I can remember nothing before this one. Um, we only have three left. Something everybody. I really really liked that same theme song that played. I don't know the correct music term. You can correct me. That played when Rhaenyra was running to meet Damon that episode. Yeah, when they were going out and oh, yeah. landing, yeah. that song was playing as Rhaenyra was looking at Damon, and then Viserys went over to talk to him, and I was like, my heart was beating so that fast. That happened in this episode. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. They way. say the play. They play the same that motif. little motif. Uh huh. Yeah, I. Lo- I mean, I thought it so was. They tickled us with it. I could be wrong. I thought it was, but I lost my mind. At there was just so much. We're gonna be useless. This I know. I'm really episode. sorry. <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> I'm really be sorry. We're gonna be absolutely useless. My for brain this is one. going a million miles an hour on everything, but I just um, Rainia, Rainera, and Damon's reunion, and just the weight that was behind it. She was so aggressive with him. It ruled. I'm gonna go through a quick rundown of all the scenes that happened this episode for everybody listening, and everybody that's on Insta Live Chat right now. There was the funeral. There was the first conversation between Rainies and Corliss. Campfire. No, not campfire. Hallfire. Then, of course, there was Amond. Then there was uh, when uh, Bela was saying someone stole Vagar. And then there was the cave scene. Just look at them, Aegon said. And then there was Otto and Allison talking about it afterward. And then there was Lenor and Rhaenyra. Lenor was like, whoa, what happened? <laughs> You're getting stitched up right now? Mm-hmm. What happened? And then uh, I should have been there. I should've Maybe those should be Maybe our house should be words. Your house words. Then there was the litter. Not 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 a litter. There was a little. What do, what do they call it? Uh, just, just a stagecoach. Whatever the medieval version of that is of uh, Viserys and Allison heading out of Driftmark to the ship. Then Damon and Rhaenyra finalizing their potential plans for the future. Damon just sort of listening. Well, did he play the long game and get slipped up into this situation or is he the same Damon from Pintos mm-hmm. talking to Lena? Hmm. Confusing. In the books, we always think, I'm, for me, I'm speaking for myself, I always think Damon's a, always a rogue thinking for himself, but it seemed like he was just a part of the plan this time. And then there was Alsa and Laris on the ship. Laris, Ooh, Laris. Laris says, Laris says, I shall await your call. Yes, my queen. he's kind of standing in the background. Oh my gosh, when Kristen was like, um, Allison, Laris is, cre- is creepily staring at you. And Allison's like, uh. Let him do it. <laughs> uh, Carl and Damon um, talking. Mm-hmm. Damon's uh, playing that, uh, playing the, uh, what's it? It's like he's like Harry Stylesing, Carl. Sure. sure. <laughs> Not quite all the way. But uh, doing all the right acts to get uh, into Carl's good graces. He's got not, his hood up. He means business. He's like touching him the right way, mm-hmm. but he's not quite putting his lips to his, if you know <laughs> what I'm saying. And then Damon and Rhaenyra's wedding all happened Absolutely in this episode. Nuts. Also, I, I conveniently left out the dark sex scene between Rhaenyra and Damon. What do you think about that? In what way? Just, what do you mean? You said it was dark because it literally was dark the, yeah, outside. It wasn't sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what did I think? I think it should have been more energetic between them two finally doing it after all this time. But no, it was powerful. How so? Because they were really just like... Did they really seem like it though? <laughs> no, I Everyone's don't know. hair was in place. I know that's so true. <laughs> they were on the beach. She says, "I'm not a child anymore. I want you." <laughs> I was like, "They're hooking up on the beach. It's his wife's funeral." There's like thirty exclamation points on my notes. <laughs> 
it was a long time coming between them. And Rhaenyra was particularly set on the whole thing happening. So set. She was so ready. So why is she so set? Continue, please. Because she's been <laughs> set since day one, but now she's not a little kid anymore. It's like she said. And so all along, this is basically what she's wanted. And Damon had made that comment episodes ago to Viserys that marry her to me. Who knows how serious that was about anything or what's going on inside of his head. But um, the sentiment does ring true that this is an opportunity for Rhaenyra to strengthen her footing with everything that's going on. Yeah, that seems to be the main the main reason. Uh, and, and because and she just I think the, wants it. Well, that too. But I feel like Damon sitting there on that little uh, rock sidewall listening to her talk was yeah. like... <sighs> right, right. Okay. Right. Now I have to be part of all this. You need me to be a part of this? Uh Fine. (laughs) But it's such a, he didn't want to be a part of it at all. But Rhaenyra, such a magnetic force to Uh get him to be a part of it. She's talking fire. She's talking family. She's talking egg and the conqueror. Let's do this in the blood of our ancestors. She's saying all the right stuff. And so he's, he's fully bought in. Viserys inviting Damon back. Come home. It's been enough time. You know you need to come home. I'll give you a place at court. We can figure all this out together. All the stuff that we want. I knew that Lenor was, uh, his time was fleeting in this episode. You kept saying it over and over. You're like, he's going to die soon. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just especially when the way he was talking to Rhaenyra, he goes, Mm -hmm. I'll renounce all of my full heartedness. We'll actually try. Right. We'll try again. I thought that was sweet between them. It was, and but that's, just, every time that happens in GOC, that means they're literally going to die in the next five minutes. But they did make a pact. It's like we were talking so much in the last episode, the midweek episode. They made a deal with each other, and because it worked out for them, the only reason why it wasn't working out is because of Rhaenyra's station. Other than that, I mean, they've got a pretty good thing going, and she's like, you're a good man, and I appreciate you, but... I couldn't, you couldn't give me the kid that I needed. And so now we're in this mess. We That's, tried. I mean, we, Rhaenyra acts like that. And then we feel like there's, there's, there's no, we talked about Allison, the first half of this um, season being different and that we really liked her a lot more than we thought we would. And in our last episode, we were like, never mind. Or at least I definitely was. <laughs> never mind. Delete everything I just said. Allison's really showing us who she really is. And then in this episode, for a minute, it seemed like Rhaenyra, we already knew about Damon, but for some reason we all have a soft spot for him. I don't know why. I think it's probably Matt Smith, to be honest. He's just, nah, I'm not going to try to explain it away. <laughs> Keep going with your thought. <laughs> But it seemed like for a second we were going to get the same thing from Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. I mean, after her and Lenor's history together, and I know he's bumbly, but that's it. Just bumbly. Not ready. Not No need to die. If you would have told me, if I would have thought about this plan, I would have been like, this is the plan you should do instead of killing him. They probably would have argued and said, no, we need to get rid of him. We're royal. This needs to be seamless. But for a second there, it seemed like she was going to do the hard-nosed plan with Damon, which was, like mm-hmm. Damon said, if in order for us to actually get married, seal our houses with blood, like Aiken the Conqueror did with his sisters, we're going to have to get rid of him for sure. So it seemed like for a second we were going to get Rhaenyra at least being on the same equal level of not liking Rhaenyra mm-hmm. or things that she's done as much as Allison. Mm-hmm. But because Lenor didn't, didn't die. Yeah. I wonder if he's going to, if we'll see him again. 
What do you think the odds are of that? Do you think that no. him staying alive is that was simply his Gendry. because that was his Gendry? Gendry rode and rode and rode, and then he came back. That's true. But my question is: so to your point, was he spared simply so that Rainera would look less like the bad guy? Rainera and Damon would look less show. like the bad guy in the show, or was he spared because for some reason something might bubble up with him again? I don't That's know. That's a good question. But I think. I was about to answer my own question. You <laughs> no, go. <laughs> um, I think it wasn't to make Rhaenyra seem more likable. I think it was more accurate to her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That there was no need to kill him if we didn't have to kill him. And he had been a confidant. There had been camaraderie between them about their whole plan. So why not make another plan? Mm-hmm. Why be so hard-nosed at the edge of all this? Especially when their plan, the pact that they made when they were kids, worked out so nicely That's for them. It was airtight. Yeah. Just, I mean, except for the fact that. She had kids with someone else. It was wildly obvious. But the... what do you mean? She has his, <laughs> his father's nose. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the pact that they had between each other was solid. He was he was a good guy. Yeah. She had nothing bad to say about. But him, in the book, so. it doesn't. It's not clear that Rhaenyra is even a part of that. It almost seems like Damon's just clearing the table with so Rhea, take her. with his own wife, mm-hmm. and with. I'm really Lanor, glad. Well, and with the whole Heron Hall thing, which we thought was Damon too in the book. Yeah. At least I did. Well, I mean, yeah, it seemed like that. It's, I'm glad it did that a bit. there is some extra Laris and other things swirling around. That Damon isn't. Damon can be this character that has what was the word that they were talking about that he. Rhaenyra does some quip to him about, um, and I can't remember the exact phrase. I'm going to need to look it up really quick. Damon is a wiggly guy and he (laughs) is um not good but he's not this laris evil i would say which i'm glad but he's definitely bad think about first episode what happened in the first episode the gold cloaks Oh, I loved that. <laughs> you like all those people. Raper. They're just pointing people. Murderer. Raper. No, but I loved that scene when he was like frothing at the mouth when he was really getting enjoying, his gold cloaks, yeah. rallying them mm-hmm. up. No. That's the thing I'm he, talking about, though. He, he can be his like, wife. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, he, but, we see him carrying the rock. But mm-hmm. he's doing it all for the fam. You know? Mm-hmm. There's at least some... I don't know. Who said it? Damon only works for Damon. But <laughs> there is at least some sort of... Um, Whatever. We like him better than we like Laris, so it's cool and fine. <laughs> I get it. But um, I was just all of this to say I'm glad that we get less blood on their hands. Not literally, because she had lots of blood. She on had her a lot hands. of blood on their hands. It would have seemed more even, I think, if Lenor would have been roasted like we thought he was. Right? Even between Alice and Rhaenyra? Yeah. Oh, for greens sure. Versus for sure. Also, shout out to the first mention of, I'm going to need you to face the greens. Yeah. <laughs> and she says it in High Valyrian. Uh-huh. Is that the episode? Are those the lines that David was talking about, his favorite lines that he translated? I thought he said episode seven. I could have been wrong. I think he might have. I can't yeah. face the greens. Don't make me face the greens alone. He he said that he liked the conversation back and forth rather than it being commands yeah. or asides, that, which right. is what he said between all the movies and TV shows that he works on. That's usually what the language is used for. I think that's such a cute little thing that they did in Hot D where she wanted to connect with Damon. She's like, by the way, remember we speak HV to each other? Mm-hmm. And then he even doesn't speak it back to her. He's not fully committed to the situation. I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, he doesn't. We also got a lot of it at he the funeral. He doesn't want to be a part of this. Yeah. What about the funeral? Were they speaking High Valyrian at the funeral? At the I don't beginning? think so. What were they speaking? 
Um, what language was that? I'm not sure. I'm guessing it. I I don't remember who was speaking at the it top. It was the brother, Corliss's brother. Maybe he was because they're they're both the blood of Valeria. Yeah, so that's what I, I, I guess was it was. Yeah, must have been. I thought that was really powerful. Yeah, it's hard for me to know it's High Valyrian unless there's a dragon rider queen going, Hi, guys, I be. Otherwise, it's like, what is that exactly? Man. Yeah, Rhaenyra uh, versus Alicent, though, like I said, with Lanor not being actually dead and that being the end of the episode, just the worst thing that happened to him is that he got his head shaved and he's being. Vanished, the worst thing that much. happened, you're like, man, that would suck. That would suck because yeah. he did have beautiful dreads. Yeah, but yeah. the fact that that's how they dealt with it, I'm still Team Rhaenyra all the way. Of course you are. Of course we are. Because she, she's like, I. she's talking about being a tyrant. She's not going to be a tyrant, but she was going to rule with a heavy hand, I think. I can't remember specifically that conversation, but Rhaenyra plays the game ruthlessly but she isn't Allison is well never mind i was going to say Allison now Allison's being the sloppy one in this episode when she's What do you think was sloppy? Her losing her cool and pulling the knife was sloppy. That was sloppy. pretty wild. She pulls it out of the king's holster. She was like Not this isn't that, enough. Just what she told Kristen to do. Yes. Yeah. It was a little out of line. I want you to take one of Rhaenyra's kids eyes out and eye for an eye. In front of everyone. This Dude. wasn't a backdoor conversation. Dude. Literally everybody was there. <laughs> the squabble of kids. I know when steel gets pulled it's a lot more serious. Mm-hmm. That's probably the I mean that's definitely the the dangerous underside of carrying around weapons, mm-hmm. especially if you're a kid. Sure. So don't give them a dragon, maybe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but sometimes steel might get pulled. Steel gets pulled. Rumors are already flying, she says. She tells her dad. People are already talking that she's gone mad or something. <sighs> and so I'm really looking forward to and curious about how that may play out in the next episode. In classic Viserys fashion, she tries to apologize and bring it up. He says, we're not going to talk about it ever again. <laughs> he just doesn't want to talk about well, it. Well, he was also asleep and that rocky, bumpy thing. Slowly dying. How sick yeah, do you have unwell. to be for that to be that bad? <sighs> he's always struggled in those little caravans, hasn't he? Uh, he seemed to be having a good time the last time. Okay, fair. The, in episode two, he was basically saying, this is the stuff. Oh, that's, okay, that, that may be fair. <laughs> We're going on a tiny adventure. <laughs> the, okay. the sun was shining that time. It's really dreary there in Driftmark. That may be fair. But either way. I mean, he, he does. That's how he handles things. He doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to hear about it. I things can understand why he'd want to nip that whole situation in the bud. Of course, though. but at the same time, if there was any opportunity for him to move against Allison or to really put her in her place, that was the opportunity to do it. I know. I don't think he wants to disrupt her as much as he doesn't want to disrupt the rest of his family. I mean, in the last episode, Allison's being pretty unilateral and uh, unabashed the way she's talking shit about Rhaenyra. His is the realm's delight right his favorite little thing he pulled a she pulled a knife on her though too far that's when it should have all been nipped in the bud but he's still hopeful that they can just wish it away (laughs) at this point yeah but yeah no that was way more intense than i i thought that knife scene like you said i didn't want it to be bad either i didn't want it to be contrived i didn't want it to be cheesy didn't want to be cliche um, the fact that it was done in Driftmark in a cave, basically, and in response to the whole Amon Vagar thing, a genius stroke of whoever did this, uh, uh, working on the show, a genius stroke of combining story elements and making it a million times better. I agree. And the way they cast those kids, good God, that Amon actor, uh, they've really given him some good direction, dude. He's like a little man, basically. Mm-hmm. He, he knows what he's supposed to do, and if they recast him the right way, holy crap. 
He was boiling with anger as he was standing on the beach. Or jealousy or something was all over his face as he was before he ran up to go Mount Vagar. He just was going through something. You could really tell that he was in the depths of something happening as he was making his way to the dragon. And so I totally agree. He was cast unbelievably. So to everyone listening, the thing that Helena said in the last episode when she was playing with that bug whenever he was talking about wanting a dragon and Allison was like, you'll get one. Helena says, you'll have to lose an eye or right. you'll have to shut, shut an, an eye. eye. So. All of us book readers were, were all like, hmm. What did she say in this episode? I wrote it down, but it didn't make sense and I may have written it down incorrectly, but she says, dragons of flesh weaving dragons of thread. Hmm. So I'm not I'll sure. Revisit that. I'll need to revisit and, and maybe we didn't we only watched with subtitles the second time around. So mm-hmm. I couldn't could have completely missed that. So correct us if we're wrong. But So basically she's weird. And when I say weird So you say yeah, a dreamer, which means that she has some kind of ability to tap into the <laughs> magical threads floating around the world. Aiken was like <laughs> wait, I wrote down that like it's like she's an idiot. <laughs> He's like, Can you imagine marrying her? And Aiken's like, She's your future queen. <laughs> He's like, She's an idiot. She was sitting on the ground with spiders crawling a in spider like crawling around her hand. Yeah. <laughs> I mean fair. Aegon was awesome in this episode. Oh my god. Cup to cup, baby. Yeah. We are at a funeral after all. He's like, pour one out for later. <laughs> God, the, the, it's going to be so good. And I'm so glad that they've set it up so seriously. Mm-hmm. I just didn't see it going down like this mm-hmm. with so much attention to detail to these, like I was saying at the beginning of this talk, a, uh, just the smaller story elements, the interpersonal stuff. I just assumed it would be much more glitz and glamour. But instead, we're getting a lot more of the interpersonal focus and the fact that it was able to be so moving in this episode was crazy. I, I'm so glad Allison melted down like she did, and I'm so glad Kristen Cole's dumbass decided to stand with the queen right in front of the king like that. I think they should have all fought each other right then, and the whole drama between the greens and the blacks would be settled right in this uh-huh, cave. Right. Yeah. They should have. They should have. They should have. Yeah. It would have saved us a lot of trouble in the future. They were all standing on their sides, too, at the end of mm-hmm. that episode, mm-hmm. with Rainies and Corliss standing behind Rhaenyra. Based on what we know from Fire and Blood, Without having seen the trailer yet, mm. what happens next in the next three episodes? We talked about Storm's End being maybe a show, like, episode nine. It's got to be episode two or episode one of next season. Oh, so we're you were saying— We're not going all the way there. You were saying we open season gotta be, two with Storm's End. got to be some more age, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. Before there's little solo missions happening. Sure, 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 sure. So what do you think— I think the focus on the kids is going to be turned up even more. Mm -hmm. And I think that the style of episode we just saw is going to be how it's going to be for the rest of the season. I think it's going to be intensely personal. And it's going to be, it's going to be, like I said, like an episode of Mad Men basically in Westeros where it's these people versus people and less about the banners, less about the heraldry, less about the families in Westeros, less about the world even, but specifically zoomed in on these folks, which. I think would not have worked in the opening of mm-hmm. the season, but they successfully went wide and then in. I thinking, and I care so much after only seven episodes. Right. It wouldn't matter if I read Fire and Blood at all. This would make me want to read Fire and Blood, and then I'd be pissed off that it was just the cliff notes. <laughs> but it would also make me feel really smart right. if I was reading Mushrooms accounts of stuff and I like, go, hmm. I know what actually happened. Otto's more crafty than what you th- what Septon Eustace actually thinks. Right. I'm really grateful for those small council scenes that we had in the first couple episodes. We kept saying over and over, 
why are we in the small council so many times? We've been here so often. Mm-hmm. But we really did get that big picture setting the stage. And I think that that was really apparent in the last episode when we got that small council scene with Allison and Rhaenyra apologizing to each other, or Rhaenyra apologizing to Allison. Mm-hmm. We were back in our original that tied it setting all together, scene. For but, sure. Because for one, she was just a cupbearer, mm-hmm. and they were children, and now they're literally saying stuff smarter than the rest of the men there. They're the only ones having a real conversation. Yeah. And so it would make sense that from there it would only continue to zoom in. But we're on episode seven. I mean, this is the beginning of the banger episodes traditionally when we look at how Game of Thrones seasons would go in the past. And so Flexi J. Bird on our Insta chat right now said this episode made me care more than any episode fo- so far, and I'm now hooked. Completely. And when I sat down to watch this episode, we knew, we were like, tonight's going to be a good night. This yeah. is going to be a wild night. This is going to be a good episode. And this was an unbelievable episode of TV of Game of Thrones. It set the standard and set the bar for how the show could be. It was subtle and it was well shot and it was weighted and it was heavy and it was funny and it was um, twisted and dark and it was also really intense and it was cute. When we got that, when Aemond was riding Vagar, we got some Harry riding Buckbeak vibes <laughs> as they were going into yeah, the lake. Toes dragging the water. You know, it was... It had everything that you're looking for from a TV show. And I'm just so, again and again, grateful that we care this much because this is episode two with the kiddos. And we're losing eyes over our the sides that we're picking. This is a grown-up TV show, though. And I felt like a lot of the focus on the kids make this show watchable for kids. No. I do. <laughs> Kids show. I just feel like Luke and Jacera sitting in front of the fire talking to their mom. Mm-hmm. Was I could feel kids being like, "This is the scene that I like in this show," <laughs> and obviously, uh, they shouldn't watch this right. necessarily. I would have watched it if I was a kid. <laughs> I would have figured out a way to see it. And there's probably a lot of kids that are watching it, and that makes it a little bit dangerous, more dangerous for them because they have actually characters to attach to. Mm-hmm. I'm just so impressed how much they made us care about the lineage of, of Allison and Rhaenyra. I know. I just I didn't think that we would ever care. And to be honest, when you're reading Fire and Blood, until you're forced, even even people like Balin, the the OG Balin, who and Alyssa, you know, even, even when they're young, eventually these characters grow up. It was the same with Jaharis and Allie, really. All of their kids, all of them, really not their kids because a lot of their kids died. But when you're going through Fire and Blood, and probably when you're living through history moment by moment, you see all these new people getting born, and you're like, yeah, but what about the main thing that's actually right, happening? Right, right. And they've successfully made us transition between only caring about the main thing and now we're suspicious and looking forward and thinking about what kind of damage can be done by these kids and what kind of drama can be festered between them. It's just a shame because it seemed like little Aegon liked all the strong boys in the last episode. And that's going to be twisted in some way. But he'll be less mad than Aemond for sure. So what does Aemond want and what's going to be the plan and how much will Otto twist the blade and that little kid probably get a little Amon auto scene in the next episode well, based on what he said he was exactly. like he was, said to Allison no he's right this is worth a thousand eyes mm-hmm. basically what a great return one. for Otto no fanfare no convo about Otto's back everybody just <laughs> Otto's just back the pin's back on him he's kicking his the heir to the throne in his mind you know he's ready for war he's back baby and he's participating um it's, it was interesting to me kind of how far Allison went 
without Otto's help. But now we have him back in the mix. And so, yeah. like you're saying, what kind of conversations is he going to have with Amond? What kind of conversations is he just going to be having with Viserys about mm-hmm. the situation and how that forces Amond's trajectory? Because Lanor wasn't killed and because Allison was surprised by Laris in the last, last episode and still tepid about arming Laris in this episode. It still feels like Rhaenyra and Allison, even though a lot of stuff has gone down, they're still at their core. Not too bad. Well, they said it Not to each other. I mean, what did they say when the knives were pulled for a moment? When they were like, this isn't like you. Yeah, Rhaenyra said that to Allison. There was, it was that, that glimmer of, wait, we're still kids and still friends. Don't let Laris and Otto have, be in a room together having a combo. Can you imagine that between the two of them? <laughs> Laris is going to take the pin right off of Otto <laughs> yeah, and be like, that's yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah, no, um, they're not, um, I think, fully evolved yet. Maybe this is as much havoc will be wreaked mm-hmm. between them, though. I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know. But I'm looking forward to rewatching this episode again. Me too. My brain feels so jumbled and all over the place. Just really? from excitement, mm. I think. I just... I loved the vibes of this episode. No, it was good. Um, I know a lot of people on the internet got a leaked version mm-hmm. of this episode ahead of time. So there's been a lot of really uh, smart and cool tweets everyone's been making, mm-hmm. pretending like they're cool and smart, talking about how dark <laughs> the episode was yeah. in certain parts. <laughs> sorry, guys. Get a better TV. Hannah's TV sucks. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's Hannah's TV. Okay. Hannah's TV sucks, but it's not that bad. But it's also not that great. It's, it's really big. big. <laughs> And it looked great. You got one of those TVs that's really big that they sell like Black Friday for like $10. That's Mm -hmm. like really big. But maybe they don't look the best during dark scenes. Looked fine. It looks great. Yeah. I I was thinking about the complaints that everybody was making um, during the long night. It's too dark. I was having the same thought. This, I mean, that was pretty dark. A good chunk of this episode was was shot late at night or it looked late at well, night that transition between dark and the morning and was and just morning, it just yeah. tied me into the yeah. whole thing that they were doing dude it felt like it was just the full 24 hours of it was like an episode of 24 tbt you know you're going through hour by you hour you watched 24 i mean like three episodes oh of man it. i watched the hell out of 24 <laughs> really? yeah let's do a 24 podcast okay <laughs> all i know about 24 <laughs> is that each episode is 24 hours <laughs> no it's one hour Really? Yes. Oh, wait. The season is 24 hours. Yeah. Okay, yeah, whatever. it's a day. Listen, but what I'm trying to say... <laughs> you took nothing away yeah, from it. Yeah, okay, my bad. Oh, Jesus. Listen, okay, my bad. All I was trying to say is to be able to slowly watch the progression from night to day, minute by minute, the whole thing um, was powerful. Yeah, I was patient. And I don't know anything about 24. <laughs> I'm looking forward to... Let's just do our own. I'm the, scared for you to ask me my own because I don't know. Okay. Okay. I'm ready for my owns. My owns, I've got two of them for this episode. My own, my first own in no particular order is going to go to Corliss when he tells Rainey's that history does not remember blood, it remembers names. Mm. And his whole argument about the Valerian name will be passed on. So it doesn't matter what who they are, what they look like, basically. Owned that and that whole conversation between Rainey's and Corliss was really enlightening, I would say. And then my second own goes to Rhaenyra telling Damon I cannot face the Greens alone. Because mm-hmm. her saying the Greens, I mean, yeah. it's like when in Game of Thrones they would, like when... Um, when you play the Game of Thrones, <laughs> when they you would, win or exactly. you die. Anytime they reference the Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, it's like, living for it. <laughs> Leo DiCaprio. Uh-huh. Hey. <laughs> so owns, owns to that. 
I'm gonna give my own to Amond for mm-hmm. snagging the coolest dragon, the most patient is seeming seem most patient seeming dragon on the planet. Also, Vagar, and also an own to the showrunners and the writers of the series for making dragons such a main focus. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it was the animal stuff I was talking about before. Your little pets that are actually nuclear weapons. And the main focus of all this, I felt it, especially when Rhaenyra was talking to Damon. It was the subtext. I need you, uncle. What do you need him to do? You already got kids. Mm-hmm. What do you need him to do? <laughs> I need Caraxes, mm-hmm. uncle. We need more dragon power. I need someone who can swing a blade. But more importantly, we're coming to get you, Drehar, on top of your crazy dragon. So I really like that the dragons are front and center in Hot D. They should be. But it seemed like something that a TV show wouldn't have had the cojones to do because it's a prestige moment on a major network that is known for doing things like, obviously, Game of Thrones, but True Detective, The Sopranos, not dragons, right? not right. the never-ending right. story. Right. But, I mean, there's a bunch of us sitting at home watching a dragon stir like a big dog, and we're like, ooh, are they going to get the dragon? Mm-hmm. That's so cool to me. And so own to this felt like a victory lap for the concept of dragons just being on TV. I mean, we were all on the edge of our seat wondering what was going to happen with this kid getting this dragon. And I think seeing the course of Amond, especially juxtaposed against Rhaenyra's kids and the existing adults, especially Damon, uh-huh. seeing Amond grow up and seeing the rest of them grow up, but having dragons be the way they actually interface with each other rather than like they should have in the cave with conversation or even let's just let's just sword fight or let's just pull out some daggers. The blades don't even have to be long. Are we mad at each other? Let's just fist fight. Or, or bring rocks into the situation. Fine. Yeah. Let's let's get this figured out. But instead, because we have dragons, we're gonna bring dragons into mm-hmm. this. And that's why this whole conflict is so crazy in the first place. So own to all that. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. We're gonna we got some dragon stuff coming up. Yeah, and it seems like it's not going to be cliche either, Mm -hmm. hopefully. It hasn't been cliche so far. That's the thing. So we got three episodes left. Obviously, we really liked the show, but Mm -hmm. if it wasn't that good, we would have said that and we wouldn't have been that excited. I wasn't expecting to like this episode so much, especially if I saw it on paper. I know. But they made Driftmark seem like a real place and they shot it from basically every angle that they possibly could and the only thing that was missing was a barbecue grill for half of this episode (laughs) it was that good and of course patty as viserys was ridiculous Mm -hmm. give that dude an emmy tonight go ahead and give him the early call for the emmy and uh we'll be retweeting your owns for the rest of the week and tonight whenever we press stop on this episode and uh, we'll be back pretty soon to do our part two of this episode we're gonna go even deeper into it And I don't really know the deeper version of these interpersonal conversations, but we'll see how that shakes out. I know we've got to think of some good questions to to ask. So everybody get ready. If you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram by searching for Game of Owns. Like you said, owns, questions, thoughts, vibes. That's it. Anything final you want to say to people? This show rules. Cool. And I'm having the best time ever. I heard you all like the hot D. (laughs) So since you like it so much, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. 